Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Hi, everyone. So there's a conflict going on in my life. Everybody thinks that they have the right to tell me when my mother gave birth to me. I don't, I don't understand. Uchechi, Uchechi is taking it so personal. Uche, Uche said I'm in the womb. Right? Um, <laughs> just quickly, um, you know, I just thank God. My, my life has been a testimony. Um, my age might not be valid to some people. It's, 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 I mean, all night, I'm just so thankful. God has been so hyped. He's been literally making noise so like every every 10 minutes it's just like it's your birthday it's your birthday and i'm just like can you stop being hyped about it um but i just want to thank god because um seeing today is i feel like god was god was just you know literally throwing shade at the doctors that i literally i grew up with so like um for a long time they didn't think that i was going to go past 25 and um yeah like i'm way past 25 i mean not way past but i mean i'm past 25 (laughs) um so i just um thank god i'm over the years i've had a lot of health issues god it's like i think at some point my mom was just like i don't understand it's like god gave me tokumbo you know but um <laughs> i just want to thank god it's, it's amazing it's it's so amazing like what he's done i mean there's been heart issues there's been brain tumor there's been you know hemorrhoids i mean from december and a lot of people didn't know but from december early december to early february i was unable to eat properly and my body is still adjusting to it because i had hemorrhoids very painful very painful um, procedure, but I just want to advise you that whenever you sit on your toilet to do the number two, as soon as you're done, just say thank you, Father. Like, I'm so grateful. I'm serious. Like, don't take it for granted because at that point, I thought that people could die on the toilet seats. Like, I was just like, if I'm going to die, this is such a shameful place to die. <laughs> oh, yeah, but thank God. Thank God for testimony of life. Um, so, um, what we're just going to talk about today is um, service and sacrifice. Um, I don't know, I can't find here. So, he did this and he disappeared. Hi, Foy. I see you. If you're seeing me, I see you. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be, um, be on time so that Tommy Uchechi and Makochi, I don't know if you heard Makochi talk, speak, but I'm really excited to hear Makochi speak. <laughs> Yeah, so um, service and um, sacrifice. So at the beginning, like, you know, when, when he told me, it was, it was very easy for me to just think that, okay, you know what, we're going to come here and we're going to talk about um, sa- sacrifice and we're going to talk about service. I mean, and most times, like every time, you know, there have been good teachings about it and everything, um, but from one, in a way, it looked like, it was more from, you know, it was more from an advisory 
um, position is like, oh, serve God, pay your tithes, um, go to church, you know, if you're a worker, scrub the toilet, God sees you in the toilet, he will elevate you to the bathroom and then you go to other places. <laughs> But, <laughs> no, but anyways um, <laughs> anyways um but no like so when i i literally spoke with aban and and the angle he gave me it sounded too deep for me i started to ask him but um, i'm just going to share what he has dropped in my heart before before they slap me forever um yeah so um the first thing that we're just going to talk about is um so just please just stay, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I'm just going to ask her some questions that will probably, you can write it down, you can answer or anything, but I just need us to um, ask, um, answer this question. So who are you? You know. Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Um, who exactly are you? What is man? What is man? Um, the next question is, how did you come to Christ? So, how did you come to Christ? Then, why did you come to Christ? So, why did you come to Christ? And now that you are in Christ, what have you been called to? And then, whose or what standard do we measure ourselves with? What are some of the characteristics of the life that you've been called to live? And when these characteristics are absent, how can we build them? And then who is our example? Um, so I'm just going to start with the first. Who is man or who are you? Um, if you can start from the very beginning, you see in Genesis, Genesis 1, when God created man, um, if we can just quickly uh, try and hurry up. Um, Genesis 1, verse 27, it says, like NLT, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the, the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth. But I mean, if we go down, I'm very interested in the part that says that, you know, he created man in his image and likeness. So, um, you know, there was man at the beginning that was created in God's image and in God's likeness. And we're very, it sounds really nice when we talk about these things. I'm created in God's image and likeness. But then, like, we ask the question, what is God's image and what is God's likeness? What does it mean to be like God? And what does it mean to look like God? Um, so the image, you know, um, I mean, I took some notes down. There is the, from the Hebrew roots, is Selem. Selem is the form. It's like a shadow of a man, but it's not the man. It's a shadow of the man. It's a container. It looks like, it takes the form of a man right and then okay so for example there are robots that look like human beings but they are not humans but they look like human beings and then in terms of um likeness is damuth so damuth is intellectual and moral nature so god created man to look like him and then he puts his moral and intellectual nature in man 
And that is why we're able to say that we are like God. Because it's not just because we have two legs, two hands, and all that, but because we have the soul. It's like the intellectual property, the value that God has in us. But see what God said when he created man. He said, um, you have dominion over everything. Um, one example that he used was, you know, the current political nature that we have. A tyrant cannot have dominion over you. A tyrant controls. A tyrant cannot dominate. A tyrant, as in, when it comes to, when, when we say control, it's like when you say control your flesh, right? Until you come into the full stature of Christ, which I will come to, um, you will always fight sin. So whenever you overcome sin temporarily, temporarily, <laughs> yeah, that. whenever you overcome that, it's a temporary thing. So what you're doing at that time is you're having control over your flesh. But when you have full control, what you're doing is you have put yourself above your human nature. So it's, um, according to Papa, I say above. <laughs> above your human nature. So um, what God gave man wasn't control over the earth. He gave him dominion. Meaning that you're in no way their mate. You are not a fish mate. You are not a goat's mate. You are not a plant mate. You have full dominion. And in that sense, in doing that, it reflected a nature of God. The nature of God, what he was doing then is, okay, so for example, if I bring two leaders before you, and I say, this, okay, a leader that says, you should go and fight in the war. Come back and tell me what is happening. And the other one that says, let us all go and fight in the war. Which leader would you go with, please? Let us. Do you understand? So like, um, even here, like this even reveals, something so when God was creating he always said let us now let us do you get there was a thing of involvement there was a communal um, <laughs> English is so hard Jesus <laughs> there was a <laughs> that's a good idea I need, a, I need an interpreter <laughs> so, so yeah there was a, there was community going on in that you know even with the Tower of Babel he said let us go down and cause confusion um even if that is one part of an equation that I hope we'll get to. But in seeing that, you're subtly seeing the service nature of God. He was serving himself. And when he asked man to have dominion, man was automatically going to be a husbandman. Man was automatically going to be a shepherd. Man was automatically going to be the protector. So he was serving the earth because he knew that he had a responsibility over the earth. God never said, oh, go. And do you know, funny enough, I'm not even, not because I'm vegan or anything. God, no, for real. God, for real, for real. God did not ask man to kill animals until, the, until after the flood. So as at this time, yeah, you can check it, please. As at this, no, for, no, I'm serious, actually. As at this time, you know, he was talking about plants and all that. That's a side gist. But what God was doing was, because he had given man his nature, his intellectual nature and his moral values, man wasn't going to do something that was contrary. So now, man ate of the tree of good and evil. What happened was that his nature changed. His nature changed. 
That was when death came. Cain killed his brother and he did not care. He was asking God, why are you asking me? Like, literally, like, really, why are you asking? He did not care. It was after man's nature came that Jacob had the audacity to steal his brother's birthright over a pot of stew. It was the nature that had changed. So what God did was he came as man to fix a fault. So it's like the factory fault. The factory one was good, but it was like a resetting. And the funny thing was he wasn't even trying to work with the old. He was making a new way. But then he was also reflecting his nature. So now you have man that fell and then you have man that was reinstated through Christ. Um, by virtue of, you know, by virtue of Christ's finished works, we have complete access to God in that we can, you know, be reformed. So now you have that. Who are you now? Who were you and who are you now? If you answer that, I don't know if, if we've, we've had that answer, like personally. So who are you now, right? The next question you ask is, how did you come to Christ? So I just want, I just want us to, if I can have like two people that would just talk about how they gave their lives to Christ, if they preached about, if you, I gave my life to Christ because the pastor said, I'll pass my exam. And I did not. For real, for real. Yeah. I gave my life to Christ so that I can pass my exam. Some people gave their lives to Christ because of witches and wizards, so they won't chase them. Some people gave their life to exactly for because of hell. So I just pray that, you know, through this, God will be able to um, reshape or readjust our minds. So we asked that question, why did you, how did you come to Christ? Did he, um, how did you come to Christ, basically? If we start, because we don't have time, if we had to ask everybody now, I believe that we all have different experiences. Some people have shared experience of how God met them in a club on the dance floor. Some people have shared experiences of how God met them after they had maybe, you know, some extra, you know, some, some people have had stories of, you know, different things. But, um, you know, how did you come to Christ is a major question that we should all ask ourselves as believers because this really, really, really help our understanding. Um, so that's between you and God. The next question is, why did you come to Christ? So, how did you come to Christ? Where, how did it happen? But your reason behind that is, a, you know, is very important. So, why did you come to Christ? So, did you come to Christ because there was something that, you know, you could get, like I said, like something you could get from him um, or something that, you know, um, that you wanted him to do for you. Or maybe you liked a girl that was a Christian. You just followed her to her church. They said they did all that call. You came out so that she would see you. You know, maybe it's a big church, and so she would see you in front. But anyways, whatever reason that we have, I, I believe that it's a question that we should all answer. So now, the very funny thing that happens to us is if we start asking ourselves now as believers, now that we've come to God, what is the end game? Why are we here? Like, am I going to do church like every Sunday? Like, is it about speaking in tongues? Okay, now I can speak in tongues. What is the end game? Okay, now I can divide the scripture. What is the end game? Literally, like, what is next? 
Um, for me, you know, we're going to go to a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures. This is the part that I like. So Ephesians 1, just read from verse 3 to 8. Um, if someone can read it, it would be nice so that I'm not the only one talking. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ in himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abound, abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in himself, <clears throat> that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in, all, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have obtained... much thank you so like i'm um, in studying that we'll see the very interesting thing if you're using nlt translation in verse um nine it says and this is the plan at the right time it will bring everything together under the authority of christ everything in heaven and on earth furthermore because we are united with christ we have received an inheritance from god for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan um before I was coming, God reminded me of something. I, I pray that I will get to it. So in seeing this, we realize that it's one thing to come. It's one thing to give your life to Christ. It's one thing to be baptized of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to have the gifts of the Spirit. But it's another thing for you to understand and operate from the realm and on, um, from the realm of joint partnership with Christ. So what does it mean for someone to be a partner with you? It means that the person is on your level literally so we easily say this thing like oh i am jointed with christ i am i am christ's image i'm the image of christ i'm the this of christ i'm the that of christ this is where we come to the characteristics of christ so if you know like beginning there was a default and now christ has come you're born again you're 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 you know you're you're taking it you're walking with him basically so like what is the end game of this walk you know, um, in that space, I don't know if, if I hope you remember the scripture, Second Corinthians 3, where it says that we all with veiled faces behold him, you know, we'll, yeah, as in a mirror, we will be transformed into his image from glory to glory. So that's in its entirety expresses the expectation, the why we have come to Christ. In fact, we are coming into Christ because until we are like him, will not yet come into Christ. So this is a process. This is a journey. This, there are so many things going on, the pruning process, and this, this, this. Um, in terms of um, being like Christ, um, 
whenever I, I think about it, I think about, um, you know, there are so many examples in the book of Matthew. So we have examples of Jesus Christ washing the, the feet of his, his disciples. We have Jesus Christ um, expressing the kingdom and saying that anyone that comes into the kingdom as a child, you know, anyone that comes to God as a child will receive the kingdom of God. So basically, we're looking at these things and we're seeing that, you know, the express characteristics other than truth and grace and mercy and you know the fruits which are um, joy, peace, etc. etc. Et et <laughs> so other than those things, if there's anything that stood out to me the, or that stood out to us is when Christ said, be like me for I'm what? I'm lowly and I'm meek. I am lowly and meek. In that sentence, it says a whole lot about the Godhead. There is this scripture that we are always so quick to talk about um, in the book of Hebrews. Um, I saw it um, two days ago and it just changed my mind. So um, I'll read it up first. Hebrews 1 from verse 5. It says, For God never said to angels what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today have, I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends his angels like the winds, his servant like flames of fire. But see the interesting thing. But to the son, God said, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. He also says to the son, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak. And you know, um, verse um, 13, it says, and God, said to any, uh, and God never said to any of the angels. So God said to the son, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. If this scripture doesn't scream service, I don't know what else it does. This is the God that is talking to his son, admitting that you are my son, but you are God. And I'm going to serve you. So sit here and I will make your enemies your footstool. But guess what he says? That for we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So the same position that Jesus is seated at is where we are supposed to be seated at. But then we cannot come into the fullness of Christ until we are like him. And that is why God sent, that's why Jesus Christ kept saying, it is paramount that I go. So that the one that I will send to you will remind, it will guide you into all truth and it will tell you of everything that I tell him. You cannot come into the fullness of Christ until you, you have, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's basically the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It births the fullness of Christ, which leads to the fullness of God. So basically, when we are talking about being followers of Christ, what we are supposed to be are imitators of Christ until we come into the fullness of Christ, which is why we have the Holy Spirit. And that is why we have the opportunity to serve. It is his nature. 
It is his nature, you know. Um, in Philippians 2, when he was describing Jesus Christ, he said that though he was, 2 verse 6, he said though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. And if you go down, you see a highlight of the characteristics of Christ. Christ knew his place in God, but he was washing people's feet. Christ knew his place in God, but he was calling himself a servant. And the only time that word was used to describe a man was Moses. And when God, it was even God that said it about Moses when he was scolding Miriam and Aaron. And he says that I will reveal myself to prophet through visions and dreams but with Moses I speak to him face to face but he is like literally I don't think there's any of us here communing with God every day face to face you won't come into this church and your shoulders will pass the door like your head you know but you know um yeah so like understanding that because before they come and kick me out of this place <laughs> I'm sorry so yeah Understanding that, uh, I think it's necessary that we reanalyze our work with God. It is something that we do not like to talk about. We do not like to be the smallest person in his space. We do not like to be the person that nobody wants to, you know, no, um, that nobody wants to give the opportunity to speak. We do not like to be the ones that, um, that, that feels like they don't, they don't have any reputation. But Jesus Christ, that you are following, that you are trying to be like, he made himself of no reputation. It is the understanding that we need to have, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will open our, our eyes and open our heart to understand this, to grasp, and to give us the strength to walk like Christ, that we will come into the fullness of Christ. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think they will come and about you know service how you can serve what a servant um should be like and all the stuff but if there's anything that i i believe that we should take in take home but if there's we should take back is understanding that in being called to this life we've been called into a life of no reputation like a life of no reputation the reputation is not yours god will give you the reputation but it shouldn't be your priority it shouldn't be why you're coming to him it shouldn't be i mean the fame or anything will be added but guess what he will give it to you when he knows that you have come of no you have come of age in quotes um and then if there's anything else um that i'd like us to take away is this was a very strong point when we start in situations and we find ourselves in environments that give gives us the opportunity to serve even in our workplaces, when you start, you're the smallest person in that environment, stuff like that. As somebody that is walking into coming into the stature of Christ, see that as an opportunity. You know, see that as an opportunity to grow. See that as an opportunity to birth the fruits of humility in you. See that as an opportunity because the moment we start complaining and saying, oh, nobody is acknowledging me, nobody is clapping for me, nobody is giving me a crown, you know, or yours is your case. You know? So that is what we've been called into, to come into the fullness of Christ. And we will be doing ourselves a disservice 
if we do not come into the fullness of Christ. So um, before I go, just Colossians. I can't go without reading Colossians. Colossians 1, verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. So, yeah, Colossians 1, verse 19. And then in verse 2, it says, For it pleased God to put the fullness of the deity in Christ Jesus, that through him we will come into the fullness of Christ. So we're not just coming to, to, to sit down in church and clap our hands. Um, this is an opportunity for us to be reinstated to the original plan. So um, thank you very much. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.